Welcome to the like, Destiny Podcast. Just today is a bit of a. I'm I'm walking through our culture day a bit. So started, you know, with what, what is the culture of testimonies? Because on a Sunday, there's some things that we do that I don't know whether you've thought about. Why the heck are they doing it this way um, rather than uh, I don't know, or or you just think, huh, I love it, but. That's as much as I need to know about it. I don't, I don't care why. I don't care who came up with the idea, whether there is even a point to it. Um, but this whole thing of testimonies is a massive thing. And I, I'm waiting for the day. There has been a couple of Sundays where we almost got to the point where there's not going to be a sermon because there's just too many testimonies. And uh, I'm waiting for that again, where there's actually today... You know, listen to a podcast if you want to listen to a teaching. But here we are together, gathered with alive doors that are about to be built in the spirit that I want to walk through. And uh, I can always listen to another teaching, but this testimony right now, that's my invitation. So I want to make space for that. Um, Another thing that we do, and that's not just, obviously, that's even just, that's the wrong start of the sentence. Another thing that we do. It's more, actually, this is who we are. We honor because we are honorable people. It's if I honor because of something that you do or are, I'm actually making you responsible for how I am going to act around you or feel. Basically, I am going to submit myself my emotions, my thought life to you, which is not a good thing. Um, This is not a don't touch me, you know, nobody's allowed to say anything to me, blah, blah, blah thing. It's a your values, if they are yours, they they are centered. No, they're birthed in Jesus and contained in you. You can live the, your values no matter what your circumstances are. You know, everybody's a nice person when you've just given them a hundred pounds. Yeah, um, everybody can be completely at peace. Ah, oh, praise the Lord when everything goes well. It's but if if the truth that God is good is just this, it's not something that you have to think about. It's just this is just I, this is just it. Then. No matter what the circumstances are, the very first reaction is not going to be like, ah, here we go again. But it's a, huh, it still sucks or still, you know, whatever it is. But it's this insider here is, is just, this is you and Jesus. And so honor is one of those things. Um, now, I love th- this. <laughs> This whole thing of honor where we just stand up and clap, this is, this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is not what it is about. This is a great manifestation of what goes on inside of here. Um, sometimes that's a really good start as well for us that really don't really know how to grasp this whole honor thing, which is a, a weird thing because we think, so am I supposed to bring you cups of coffee or, I don't know, pay for your your food every day or and Rebecca's nodding yes please uh, or like bring team with sandwiches which is always a very good thing um, that's not what honor is 
honor is not either is isn't this thing of I work in an office and I'm just I don't know I just become the doormat and people just walk all over me and uh, this is not what what it is about it's not about your actions I'm talking about this inner reality and it's going to manifest itself through actions it will have to if it doesn't there's no reality inside it's, you can you can tell me oh, I believe this I believe that if I don't see it in your life you're probably thinking about it, but living and believing is a completely different thing. Um, but this, this honor thing is understanding the way Jesus relates to me. Everything in life. I think this is why it's so important to have a relationship with Jesus. Because this is my reference point in everything. This is my reference point in my relationship with my spouse. How else... Do I know how to engage with somebody in, a, in, a, in an intimate, deep, heart-to-heart connection if I don't have this God who could choose anyone, just sees me on my worst day and stands completely with me and uh, chooses me on my worst day? chooses to lay his life down for me, has nothing but love in his heart toward me. This, this, is, this is my plumb line, this relationship with Jesus. This is the way he deals with me in his integrity. He doesn't, his yes is always a yes. His no is always a no. This is that, therefore, I can walk in that integrity in my relationship. But if I don't have this, I really... I, I don't mean this in a judgmental way at all. It, it, more in a baffling, almost pitiful way, if I can put it this way. I don't know how people without God do it. Because what kind of reference point do they have? Maybe this is how I've been. I grew up like this. My parents taught me something. Our society kind of teaches us. Uh, but then this is where we get this weird thing of if it works for you, uh, just go for it, you know. Um, if it makes you happy, isn't that a song? If it makes you happy, um, can't be that bad. If it makes you happy, why the hell am I so sad? It's, it's exactly that. It's like, you want to do this, but actually, this whole thing of, as long as I don't hurt anybody, everything is permitted. It's not real freedom. But it's, it's not real purity. It's not real commitment. It's not real integrity. It's... It, because I don't have this reference of where I am the reciprocant. We don't love because we think it's a good idea. We love. The only reason we can love is because we have been loved first. So I think with everything in our lives, um, it's without Jesus, whew, I, I want to say it's impossible. And people that that trying to do it, I mean, they're working really hard on it. Just, and, and I actually admire them because, wow, I mean... At least I've got Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, wow. So, so back to this honor thing. He honors me. He never humiliates me. He doesn't expose me. When, whenever he points out something, he does that in a way that produces life inside of me. It never produces shame. He doesn't. It, it's, it, it's, this is how he engages with me. Whenever he corrects me, I walk away encouraged. When was the last time somebody had to sit you down 
and correct you on something. It's like, actually, this isn't really working. And you walked away thinking, this was the best conversation I ever had. Because we don't really know how to do this. But Jesus does that in a, in a way that is, I don't know how you do it, but correct me again, God, because that was really life-giving. This is how he engages with me. This is when, when he sees what I've just done, when he sees what I've been thinking about, when he sees where I have been untrue to my promises or my word or whatever it is where, I've, where I'm, I'm turning my back on him by not living like who I really am. You know, all that kind of stuff. And he still thinks the world of me. I know we've so easily said, but I'm telling you, next time somebody calls you and says, can I have a word with you? Honestly, your very first reaction is going to betray what reality you're going to walk in. Whether you think that God is honoring me and out of this honor, that other people will, will want to walk in the same honor. Or whether there is the shame thing, this guilt, the very first thing you think is, what have I done wrong? And it's just, it, that's when I realize, ah, oh, I'm actually, in this, this love of Christ has not been perfected in me yet. Because there's still fear, there's still fear of punishment. What have I done wrong that you want to have a chat with me? Because ah, most of the time, actually the only time, that I think that you want to have a chat with me that is serious. It's not ever to cheer me on. It's like, can we have a chat? Because I just need to tell you how incredible you are. This is just, this is, yeah. And, and actually the bits that need correcting, I'm really happy sharing that as well. But you think, bring it on, Timo. This is, this is good. This is life. Because we don't walk both in the love and the honor of God to the degree that he's bestowing it upon us. He just pours it all over us, but we still have an umbrella up. Still think, oh, he's not that good. He can't honor me that much because I know who looks back in the mirror. I, you know, I know better than God. We're back to Adam and Eve. I know better than God. I, and, and, and kids go through that stage, you know, when they're two, it's like, I can do it all myself, 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 myself. And I, ah, oh, yes, but you're going to end up in a complete mess and I have to clean up a lot more and it's going to take five times longer. But, yeah. So back to honor. I don't honor you because you're worth it. This, this is really blunt. Because if you'd be worth it, that'd be something that I would judge. That would be my decision. I, there would be my criteria that you would have to live up to. And uh, that would make you very insecure. And you can feel this around people. There's some people you just feel. There's this, oh, I've never met anybody like, I don't even want to mention his name. He was like Jesus, yeah? He's a really cool guy. And I met him only once in my life um, for an evening. And him and I, we had a 30-second face-to-face. And in that 30 seconds, I just, I felt at home. I think that's the best way to describe it. Well, I'm like, 
you're the speaker here. You're all this attention that you could be that that draws on you. It's like, come on, have it. And I felt like I'm the only person in the room right now. And you're just just want to hang out with me. You're int- genuinely interested. You're delighted to be around me. I'm not a nuisance. I'm not somebody that you want to get to know. You're just like, hi. I'm like, oh, that must have been like what everybody else felt when they met Jesus. Like, honestly, the, incredible. So after that evening when I lay in bed, I was like, Dad, he knows you like I don't know yet. Because he wouldn't be able to be that inviting without knowing how invited he is. And so the way we honor, honestly, everything that we do, it speaks a lot more about what we believe about ourselves than we'd like to admit. It just is like that. Everything. Um, I, I think I told you about uh, people that have that tattoo, only God can judge me. Yeah? Uh, I don't, if you guys have it, I'm good. Glad. <laughs> it's really sad because while it sounds really like I don't, I don't care what you're thinking. Actually, it's I'm too afraid to be judged by you. Therefore, I'm going to have this preemptive strike of only God can judge me. Because actually, I already, I've judged myself unworthy already. And I don't want you to confirm that opinion of me. Where are we going with all this? Honor. So this whole thing of me sitting down with anyone that's in front of me, whether it's somebody on the street, whether it's somebody that I've just met, whether it's somebody that completely disagrees with me, or whether that's somebody that pushes my buttons and I just want to punch him. This, people that are viciously out to get you, people that spread rumors about you, people that um, hurt you accidentally or intentionally, people that anybody. And Jesus is like, guys, if you're only nice to your friends, I'm paraphrasing now, how different are you then from the Gentiles? That's, that's what the nations do. They lend knowing they're going to get money back. Everybody does. You're not a good Christian when you do that. Um, they're, they're, they're not nice to the, like everybody's nice to the ones that are nice back. It's the whole love of your enemy. That's, whoo, it's a whole nother thing. Sitting down with somebody. Um, what's his, I'm not going to say it. And I find in my own life, the more I grow in grace, the more I actually grow in honor as well. Because, the only way I can grow in grace is by receiving grace. Yeah? And that's completely humbling. It's not humiliating, but it's humbling. Because in my absolute weakest state, he rejoices over me. And I can start just... Alan has this amazing testimony, and he doesn't mind me sharing. I, I've asked him. Um, but he, um, 
early in his, in his work life, he struggled with pornography. I don't know if he told you guys that story already. And uh, that was way before the internet, so, you know, good old magazines. Um, and and he, he knew that one of his colleagues had some magazines just in his, in his drawer, in his desk. And Alan would, would volunteer to um, do some overtime, wait until everybody's left the office, and then go over and just um, enjoy the naked women. And then he would feel bad. And then he would do the whole repenting. Oh, I'll never, you know, and then he would do the confessing. And then he would promise, I'll never do this again. And then tomorrow the same thing would happen. And June said to him, Alan, next time you're looking at the magazine, start thanking God. Don't, don't, almost like don't fight it. But in that weakness, look to Jesus. So he started, it's really funny how he's how he just like, he's there. And it's just like this, just draws. I know it's not good, but this is where it draws me. He's over there, he's looking through the magazines. And then God says, start thanking. So he doesn't know what to thank. He's like, thank you, God, for the boobs. Thank you, God, for, he just thanks for the girls in the magazine. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is not doctrine, yeah? This is not even, the, this is just like, in my weakness, who do I look to? Jesus, just thank you. And then, and then he's put the magazine away. The next day, same thing happened. Just started thinking, oh, thank you, God, that you made women so attractive. Thank you, God, for their bodies. Thank you. And I just put it away again. Not a week went by, and it stopped completely. And it's this thing of, In order for me to grow in this grace thing, it really is only possible by me living in it. And that's in my weakest moment. Being able to stand like this. See, the thing is, Psalm says, he hides me on a high place or rock up high. He doesn't hide you out of sight. He hides you out of reach. Big difference. So in your weakness, being able to stand there, not trying to cover it in shame. But, I mean, David could write a song about him trying to commit, well, he did commit murder, him committing adultery, all that stuff. And he thought, I'm going to write a song about this. Yeah. In the midst of, in your weakest place, being able to say, because this is what grace does. Look at me in my worst in my weakest state this is who my god is ha and out of that place now i'm encountering somebody completely different <laughs> there can't be a trace of judgment inside of me there can't be a trace of i'm better than you oh you should just try ah that's that is really bad sin you know the other sin i oh, i completely understand because i'm struggling with that as well but this oh this is really bad sin it's not like that at all so back to honor if I cannot honor you, it's simply because I have not actually received that honor from my dad. And it's not because he doesn't want to give it. It's because I have not learned to receive it. Um, and therefore, I still think I am unworthy. That's really sad and scary. Because I know a lot of people where rolling of eyes is a very normal part of life. 
That makes me really insecure. When I tell a story and somebody's like, yeah. Because now you haven't said anything, but you do let me know that in me making myself vulnerable, you are, I don't know what it is, disapproving, mocking, cynical, whatever it is, that scares me. Now, kids, ah, they learn that from us parents. How do we talk about the sermon, you know? Now, we've got service in the afternoon. But when we had the church service in the morning, you come back for lunch and you discuss the sermon. Oh, how was it? Was he a good? Oh, he wasn't on his best form today. It was more about rhetorics rather than, did you enjoy Jesus in all of this? And our kids learn to to be critical and cynical. Our kids learn how to react to unpleasant situations with, okay, let me have a think about this, how I'm feeling. And honestly, when I go to school, I can see all of this. Who's that? What, what melody? A-team, yes. Um, and the same with, the same with, So this whole thing of I'm choosing to honor you before you've done anything that, that I, can, I can even judge whether it's going to be great or not. I choose to honor you. I choose to put my heart in a place where I want to receive from you, where you feel so safe that you can be vulnerable. Um, rather than, uh, yeah. And so to me, that has some very practical things like, like you know, I don't know, like being here, being on time, standing, clapping. It, it's all that kind of stuff where I'm saying, I know that you prepared something and I want you to know that I'm really excited about it. And this is how I'm going to let you know. Because I will let you know how I am looking forward to seeing you or not by simply whether I'm on time or not. It's, it's a very simple thing. It's like, if, if I don't care, if I don't think you have something that is worth saying or, you know, five minutes here or there, who cares? It, it does make a difference. It's, it's this hard thing inside that. Um, in, in everything, how do, I, how do I talk about my wife when I'm completely annoyed with her? Because I am at times. Welcome to marriage, you know. And I, sometimes I'm really hurt by her. How do I talk? First of all, how do I talk to her? How do I engage with her? How do I talk about her behind her back? How do I process my pain? Because I need to. How do I process my disappointment with somebody else and still have this honor thing intact? Without lying, without, and by lying, I don't mean, I just mean like not telling the whole truth, saying, ah, it's not that bad if it's really painful. You know, this is, this is not honor. It's just like, oh, yeah, he's, he, he's all right. Like, no, if he hurt you, he hurt you. If she's disappointed you, she disappointed you. Yeah, this, is, this is neither good nor bad. This is just telling the facts. But how do I, in, in all of this, because in our pain, often, we react. And when we react, we never just react to the same level that we have been hurt. It's always a little bit more. It is. That's how things escalate. Always. And then we have World War III. Not kidding. 
Because you pushed, I'm going to push you back a bit more. Just so you know. Um, Proverbs 18, I read this today, says, with scorn comes dishonor. And it's this thing about that God has put this protection of honor around our opposite in a relationship that we stand in face to face that as long as this wall of of protection, this wall of honor is there, I have no chance of accusing you. Yeah, With scorn comes dishonor. When I start looking down on you, when I start judging you, when I start accusing you, that's when I realize that actually now I've broken down that wall of honor. With scorn comes dishonor. As long as honor is around you, it is impossible for me to accuse you. I'm telling you. It's very, I can still, I can honor you and, and work through my disappointment, work through my pain. But starting to accuse you, that is only possible when I'm building this, when I'm tearing this wall of honor down around you. And that's why our father is not the accuser of the brethren. Quite the opposite. Last time I checked, he's the defender, the widows, the weak, the orphans. He's, he's our protector. He's the strong tower, the name of the Lord. But we do have an enemy who is the accuser of the brethren. And it's this thing of, honestly, honor is not... It is a protection that God has put in place to keep our relationships safe. And, and we need to learn to, and that's, I think this is the journey that you guys are on with, you know, the Kylo sessions. How do I confront some painful situations, some painful relationships, some unhealthy di- dynamics in relationships in the context of honor? Without me pushing back, without, without me withdrawing, shutting down, or without me starting to accuse you. But in this context of honor, how do we sort out things that aren't right? Ha! And because we are honorable, it's because this is who our dad is, okay? This is who he is. He sees everybody. And this, I don't, I, this is the, the ultimate challenge for me in walking in this life. Is Jesus, you saw something in everybody that is worth dying for. Ah. There's so many dictators that commit crimes against humanity that are unspeakable. There's... You know, us Germans, Hitler is usually the first name that's mentioned with when it comes to bad people. And, uh, and Jesus can look at every single person and say, there's something inside of you that is worth dying for. Because that's what Jesus did. That's not something that they did. To prove their worthiness. It's like, oh, all right, okay. I know you're a really bad guy. Six million Jews, Hitler, you killed them. But you were nice to your mom. So I think I'll die for this. That's not what Jesus did. Yeah? It's not judging our behavior. 
It's who he is and how he sees every living human being saying, I have a dream for you. You don't even see the dream because you don't even know me yet. But I have a dream for you. And this dream that is my heart is worth laying down my life for you. And he does that with such honor that as he is mocked on the cross. I mean, honestly, because I love, I love daydreaming. Yeah. Especially in the shower. And I have all my hypothetical arguments that I'm all winning. Because in the shower, I'm the king. Just like, and I, I run through last week's and he said this, I should have said that. And then he could have said this and then I would have bam and then would have showed him that I'm right and he's wrong. Yeah. And so I've been, honestly, lots of time I've been thinking, okay, what would I do if I was Jesus? If I would have made it even uh, every day, I'm having lots of, <laughs> so I'm, I'm honestly, this is, this is a thought process that I had a couple of times and I just had to stop and say, oh, I'm glad I'm not Jesus. Because, like, if I would have even made it to the cross, all right, through the night of beating and spitting on and punching and humiliation and all of that stuff, I made it onto the cross. Now, they nailed me there, and I'm just, I'm keeping it barely together because now I'm even feeling forsaken by my own father. Um, and here I am. I'm just like, okay, okay, a couple more minutes, and I'm done. You know, just... <laughs> half an hour max this is i'm i'm hurting yeah i can do this because i love you but now you stand down there and you start mocking me oh king of the jews can't even save himself that's what they said let him come down if he's really that yeah they start mock and i this is when then my self-righteous indignation would have kicked in you know and i honestly i'm picturing myself at the cross like broken beaten naked and it's like right this is it you're like you want me you want to see me come down i'll come down i'll show you and then legions of angels and death 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 this is he could have done that he could have and he would have been right he would have still not sinned Because that's what I would have done. And he, in that moment, he could say, Dad, forgive him. Because they don't see what I see. They don't see this dream I have for their life. Forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. They, they, They are blind to it. They may say, oh, yeah, I've done all the research. I don't believe in God, and I like killing kittens. They don't know. They haven't seen Jesus. And so this whole thing of, you know, would Jesus extend mercy to Hitler? And, you know, theologically, we say yes, but practically, I hope not. Um, It's not about whether he was nice to his mom or not. It's not a weighing up of pros and cons. Because we still do that. Are you worthy of my honor? Are you worthy of my affection? Or just how do we talk about our politicians? I'm serious. I watch Facebook and, uh, oh, the Americans are not happy about Trump or are really, really happy about Trump. It, it's one or the other. But forget the Americans, us Brits here. You know, the way we talk about our prime minister, the Germans, the way we talk about anybody um seriously the, the, the way the germans talk about the greek 
is not honoring at all. Because we think we're so good and righteous and we've done everything right. And it, and it just challenges me. And, uh, and Sean Boltz, um, he put something on, on Facebook a couple months ago. It's like, who would you rather be a spiritual advisor to? Um, Hillary or Donald? And uh, people just, and then it just went off into Hillary, Donald, feel the burn, you know, make America great again, and all these things. And, and you could have chosen any, any other politician. Um, and I just, I never, I, I don't usually engage in that because Facebook is not the platform to have a political discussion. I just, stay away from it, honestly. Um, I, just, I just felt like, actually, um, it doesn't matter who would be president. If I had the honor to be a spiritual advisor, I would pray for my heart to be toward them the way God's heart is toward them. That everything that I would do would be for a genuine concern and a gen- not a spiritual, I'm better than you and you should be listening to me and all the gays are bad and therefore let them, you know, none like that stuff. So none, but just a genuine I honor you. Daniel, the way he, he, the way he honored Nebuchadnezzar is mind-blowing. This is, this is Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar, he invaded Daniel's country. This is war. Yeah? His family was killed. Dave, uh, Daniel is being now kidnapped into another country. On the way there, he gets emasculated. Yeah? They're cutting off his balls. They really have. This is, this is enough reason for me not to be happy with whoever does that to me. Yeah. Now, they are putting me into school where I'm learning all the art and divination and wisdom. And I'm, I am now numbered among, among one of the wizards. Yeah. Oh, Timo, he's a wizard. Yeah. Daniel, he was, he was numbered among the magi. He was... He was part of the, these guys, yeah? We, we consult them if we want to know the oracles of the gods. Yeah, and then he's like, but now, and throughout this whole thing, he just keeps his heart so pure. It's unbelievable. And then Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, yeah? He's actually a couple of dreams, but... Uh, oh, this one has this dream and Daniel interprets it. But before he interprets it, he just, he realizes this is actually a warning that something bad is going to happen to you, Nebuchadnezzar. So he says his, his face actually became ash gray. Nebuchadnezzar is like, Daniel, what's up? And then Daniel says these incredible word, words. I wish that dream was concerning your enemies. Now, put this into your, into your everyday situation. You're at work, and you have a boss that is not good. Yeah? He does treat you not well. He expects you to break the law. He, he, he doesn't understand your faith at all. He thinks you're actually a weirdo. And, and, and whatever justification you're trying to or explanation, it just doesn't work. You know? Like Daniel, you're labeled amongst 
You're numbered amongst the wizards and warlocks and demon-possessed other people. And it's like, no, but I serve the living God. Yeah, 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 you're one of them. Um, most of us, if there was a prophetic dream that your boss came to you and says, I had this dream where, where God's going to judge me. You're like, finally, yeah? Because, I mean, I've been talking to you for ages. I've been telling you we should be honest with our taxes, but you didn't listen to me. Well, now at least you're going to feel the judgment of God because uh, otherwise you couldn't listen. We would do it. We would feel so justified and we feel so self-righteous and like somebody has to set him right. If you didn't listen to me, at least God's going to smack him. What does Daniel do? Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I I wish the stream would be actually concerning somebody else but you, but this is what it is. It's like, because you lifted your heart up. Because you thought you rocked. Because you think you just, you, you're the bee's knees. You didn't understand that there's a God in heaven. Therefore, you're going to lose your mind. That's crazy. I, I love this. This whole story is actually an incredible story. Because, because the king of Babylon met God at the end of it. So for 70, he then, lo- one day, this is, this is completely off the books now. Um, so he stands there in one of his Babylonian gardens, yeah, just overseeing everything. He just stands there and it's like this. Wow. Basic is, I'll, I'll, Chris Valton has an amazing teacher on it, but he says, I rock. This is all this stuff, all this stuff and all that is because I am so great. I am the king of all of this. And then bam, he loses his mind. Seven years, he roams his gardens like a beast. It just hairs growing, nails growing. He just doesn't speak anymore. And after seven years, bam, he gets his mind is being restored. And then he starts praising God. It's just like now I know there's a God in heaven. And then it, it actually ends his life. Ends he, first of all, he has a decree throughout his whole kingdom. By the way, guys, I was wrong. It's Daniel's God. Everybody worship him. It's pretty cool. Yeah, just. Just worship Daniel's God. But then the next thing that he says, he still does this thing of like, look at all this thing that is there. And you have given it to me. So it's like, he still says I rock humbly. Because now I know where it comes from. I don't think I'm the bee's knees. I know that I'm just. So this, so this is Daniel. Yeah. Having this incredible heart of honor toward this ungodly demonic king that wants to be literally worshipped. And Daniel still has this thing of, I'm completely for you. When I, um, when I grew up in, in school, there was a couple of, um, it's mostly girls, but it doesn't matter who it actually is. But in, in, in that instant, it was a group of girls. And they, were, they called themselves the, um, the gossipers. Yeah, they loved gossiping and uh and that was the only and i'm a if you know me i think i'm great i love myself i just think everybody should be my friend because i genuinely you would be better off with me in your life yeah there's so like in terms of confidence i never had a big issue in my life with that group of girls i felt so insecure because i was in their presence and they were talking about some other people 
And actually what was going through my mind is if he can talk about somebody else in my presence, he can probably talk about me in somebody else's presence. That scares me. Because I cannot trust you. Because actually, probably everything, you know, in the words of uh, the American cops are always reading out the rights. Everything you say can and will be used against you. And that's exactly what is going to happen in those instances. And that's why people don't feel they can be. And so back to this guy that I met for only 30 seconds, where I just felt so at home. There was no... Because there was this... Because this, honor brings protection of relationship. It is this, this thing of like, you can be completely you. And if there's stuff that we need to sort out, we will sort it out. But it will happen face to face. It won't happen behind your back. I won't be turning my back to you. I won't be walking out of this relationship and start trying to undermine or attack it. But this, you can be safe with me in this relationship. How you deal with that, that's completely up to you. But you know that I will not use any of this stuff to then undermine you. And that's really tough at times. Because when we're hurt, there's a certain group of people that are my friends, but I know they will not give me good advice. When I'm, when I'm struggling with Ruth, for example, and I'm just like, okay, this is what's going on. This is not even, I'm not accusing her, I'm not you know, talking bad about her, but it's just like, yeah, this is it. And then the thing that I don't need to hear is, oh, yeah, she's such a bitch. Because that's not helpful. That, there's no, that would feed all the self-righteousness. That would feel the pain. Yeah, she deserves, you should be, show, you show her. You, I don't know, do something. That, that's not helpful at all. So people like Andy were like, oh, he's going to say something I don't like, but I know it's really good. Like, maybe you should forgive now. But, Yeah. And it's, it's exactly that. But you know that. You know those kind of people. It's like, okay, I'm really struggling with this. I need to process it with somebody. But I need to process it with somebody that understands honor. That understands this is how we can build relationship rather than tearing apart. Yeah. And last but not least, this is what I said, I think, beginning of this week. Oh, Jesus takes it personally. This is not in a scary thing. But this is in... This Ruth that I'm completely annoyed with right now, this is Jesus right there. And he still thinks the world of her. Now I can either choose to stand with Jesus or I can choose to stand with the enemy who accuses her. That's my choice. But Jesus is not going to meet me on the accusing side. That's really hard. Um, Ivan Isabel read this, uh, read, told me this amazing story. She, they, they were about to go off somewhere, and uh, she was already sitting in the car, and Ivan was still in the house, and she was waiting, and they just had a big fight. And she was fuming because he did something. And she just vented to God. And I love this, how, how you know, when, we, when we're not happy with something, she said, like, like she didn't say, Look at that 
Jesus, this husband of mine, she said, the son of yours. Yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with him right now because he's an idiot. Yeah, and she's just all this stuff. And then, and then when she was done, God said, would you like to know what I think about him? No. <laughs> okay, because what you just said, that's exactly what the enemy is just whispering in my ear constantly about him. I'm not listening to him. And that was just like this, oh, we feel so justified. Yeah, but he's done this. Yeah, but she's done that. God, if you would only, he's seen it. It's what, I, what my girls do, when one of them cries and I send both of them away, it's like, oh, but she's done that. Yeah, but she's done that. She pushed me, but she's done she's Whatever it is. I'm like, girls, I know. First of all, I've been a kid and I have brothers. Yeah, this is, this is nothing new to me. But, but this is, I'm just not listening to accusation, full stop. And so our father, he doesn't listen to accusation. He doesn't. And you can be so thankful for it. Because guys, there would be enough dirt to throw on you if, if he wanted to. But he's choosing not to listen to it at all. It's like, no, because this is not how I see him. This is not how I see her. So if I'm walking in this relationship with my dad, realizing, oh, wow. All of a sudden, the way I engage with you guys, with, with anybody, it's just, it, it just changes. Does it make sense? So this whole honor thing, on one hand, has nothing to do with standing up and clapping. has nothing to do with being on time. has nothing to do with, I don't know, being a man of my word or whatever the... And at the same time, it has everything to do with it because it's the outworking of this reality inside that. Because if the queen, if somebody that I think would deserve honor, yeah, was, would ask me to do this or to be that, I, I probably would. And then I'm thinking, actually, this, I cannot put any sort of criteria on you guys that would either qualify or disqualify you from my honor. Because um, that's, that's never honor. That would make you, that would be manipulation. That's exactly what it would be. If you behave right, according to my standards, I'll be nice to you. But I'll let you know when your behavior needs to change by passive aggressive comments, by withdrawing emotional manipulation, or by outright yelling at you or I'm talking about you behind your back whatever it is but this is not who Jesus is this is not who you are this is not who we are Ah, that's what honor is all about I don't think you have any questions that I'm afraid to ask Uh, honestly, because it'll change everything that you do. You can be absolutely, you can have your boundaries so well and firmly in place. This is, is not an issue. It's more how I deal with that. With, um, yeah. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would um, remind us 
probably the best thing to do, that you would remind us when we forget whose sons and daughters we are. That our father is not the accuser of the brethren, but our father is the champion of salvation. That our father is the one who rejoices over us. That our father is the one who covers, who quiets us in his love. Our father is the one who has covered and wiped away our shame. This is who our dad is. Therefore, this is who we are. Ha! This is how we can walk through this life. Honoring because we have been honored and we are being honored by you. This is just who we are. We can extend the same grace and we can extend the same honor to everybody around us. That I thank you that you're teaching us how to live in healthy relationships, how to address issues that need changing, but in a way that always leads to life. You're so good. So we, where we haven't learned that, where, we are, where this is a real weakness in us, that I ask that you would, you would teach us how to confront well, how to honor with no strings attached, how to love, how to extend grace with no strings attached. That I thank you that you're making us quick to forgive. That in those painful situations where we've been hurt or disappointed, or where we've been afraid, that you would meet us right there and we could just let go of any offense. You're so good. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the I Guess Me podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.